I got all of that out. I am so ready to get to the word. If you would turn to your devices, we're going to look at Malachi chapter three. Now we have been doing this series entitled Unlocking More. Okay. And I told you from the onset of the series that it will not be for the faint of heart that uh, I'm going to lay out some mature stuff here. And today is no exception to that rule. Okay. Um, I, I told Vince as we are, you know, putting this together and recording t today, I said, I'm going to stay with it until I'm empty today. So I'm going to tell you from the start, this will definitely be two, two week sermon. I don't know. It could be three weeks, but definitely two. And um, we're going to take a comprehensive dive into this whole thing about tithing. Okay. So um, let's get ready. Yeah. I know my voice is a little thing. I'm not sick. Um, you know, we recorded our worship and um, this is all I got left. But trust me, it is enough to deliver this message. Man, I am excited. So let's go. Malachi chapter 3. I'm going to start reading at verse 6. Okay, it's a very uh, familiar text. I'm going to read it in the Message Bible, and I thought about reading it to you in both versions, the uh, New King James and the Message, but I, I don't want to take up you know more time than I absolutely have to because we're going to dig in on this and, and, and I'm going to leave the Holy Ghost told me on this teaching to leave no stone unturned okay so I'm just going to read it from the message Bible and we will launch out into the deep so here it is Malachi 3 starting at verse 6 it reads I am God yes I am I haven't changed and because I haven't changed you the descendants of Jacob haven't been destroyed. You have a long history of ignoring my commandments. You haven't done a thing I've told you. Return to me so I can return to you, says God of the angel armies. You ask, but how do we return? He says, by being honest. Do honest people rob God? But you rob me day after day. You ask, how have we robbed you? The tithe and the offering. That's how. And now you're under a curse, the whole lot of you, because you're robbing me. Bring your full tithe into the temple treasury so there will be ample provisions in my temple. Test me in this and see if I don't open the heavens itself to you and pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. For my part, I will defend you against martyrs, marauders, protect your wheat fields and vegetable gardens against plunderers. The message of God of the angel armies, you'll be voted happiest nation you'll experience what it's like to be a country of grace the god of the angel armies says so so far today our, our scripture reading i want to talk to you from this thought the happiest i've ever been let's pray together father in jesus name 
I thank you, Lord Jesus, for what I sense here today. I thank you, Lord, for your presence in our worship. I thank you, Lord, that you will speak today. I thank you, Lord, that as we have worked together and wrestled together with this talk today, I thank you that you will give me the ability to release this word in such an accurate way. Allow me to say the things that I see. Allow me to share what you have painted before me, Holy Spirit. We work together on this. So I ask you, Holy Ghost, that you would think through my mind, speak through my mouth, give me clarity of thought and agility of wit. Allow me to talk in the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. The happiest I've ever been. Now, the very first thing I want to say to you right here is this. Don't swipe up. Don't click off. Okay? Just hang in there with me with this because this particular scripture, uh, this particular pericope of text is uh, and is and has always been very uh, controversial. You know, it, it just is. And um, people use this text to fight for and against tithing. And uh, tithing itself is a hot topic. Okay. So here's the, here's the argument. The argument is uh, on a few fronts. You know, we have people who argue that it's under the law. And so because it's under the law, we don't have to do that because Jesus came to fulfill the law. That is true. Jesus came to fulfill the law and did. He did. Yes. Um, but those that argue that hey, tithing is under the law, I say to them, and so is the Ten Commandments. But you don't seem to be tripping about those. Look how y'all looking. OK, we done started already. However, the uh, the, um, the the this whole tithing thing is in the law, right? Um, but it also is it predates this concept of tithing predates the law. And as we talk about it uh, over these next couple of weeks or so, I, I want to make sure you understand that my aim here is to show you patterns and concepts in the Bible pre-law. OK, but now I want to say this to you. The law was established to be the schoolmaster. OK, because the law was established to teach people who were once not a people. OK, because the law came into place when God brought his people together, the Hebrew people. OK, they were not they were once not a people. But when God called them together, they became his people. So the law was established to teach people. Listen, a concept that already existed before they had the capacity to understand it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It, it already, the stuff in the law already existed from God before he brought these people together in, to teach them how to operate with him. So it's like you sending your kid to school, right? When the baby is born, the baby's not ready for school. But when the baby becomes uh, of age, the toddler of age, they go to school to learn one plus one, right? But one plus one was already established before the child was born. So then it's the school. Y'all don't hear what I'm saying. 
that teaches the kid one plus one, even though as the kid grows up, they say, I hate school. I don't want to go. I want to sleep in. I want to stay home with you, mama. But mama understands, no, 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 no. In order for you to relate in society, you need to go to school because the school teaches you concepts and precepts that existed before you were born. In other words, school is necessary. Okay? So then the law is a schoolmaster. It teaches the children of Israel how to interact with their God. Watch this. I, I'm not just saying teaching about the law, but I do want you to understand some stuff as people argue this whole piece. And, you know, because we're not under law anymore, we're under grace. I want you to understand that the law itself was comprised of the things that already existed before it was compiled as the law. Are y'all with me? Okay. So now what I, wanted, what I want you to, to walk with me uh, is this. Walk with me on this thought here. I believe that one of the greatest challenges that we face as citizens of the kingdom of God is to adopt kingdom thinking. It is the hardest thing that we, I think it's one thing to say I'm saved and I got faith and I believe in God. And for some people, you know, that's hard um, based on relationship with their earthly father, having a relationship with their godly or heavenly father. Sometimes it's hard. But what is really hard, I believe, as a rule is to adopt kingdom thinking. Okay, some of the things that we argue about such as tithes, okay, that, that stuff that people argue about, such, such as um, uh, order and fatherhood and all the stuff, you know, divine power or spiritual fatherhood or all that kind of stuff. Some of the stuff that we argue about is simply because we are really struggling to accept kingdom thinking. So let me say this to you. Kingdom thinking is a head issue and a heart issue. Okay, it's not, it's not uh, one or the other. It's not just head thinking. It's also a heart thinking. Okay, kingdom thinking. Listen to me, comes from the king. And some of our challenge is we want to read the mind of God in His text, but then apply thinking of the world to kingdom concepts, okay? Paul teaches it like this in Philippians. Chapter two, he says, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus, okay? So, so there is a thinking that we have to approach and we get that thinking from God as we read his word, as we spend time in prayer, okay? There's a kingdom thinking. Let's walk a little further. Now listen, I need y'all to get your scuba gear together today because we're going to go deeper, okay? So we got this kingdom thinking, and we have a thing that the Lord has been showing me. It's called kingdom order, okay? Kingdom order, 
<laughs> kingdom, kingdom order is stuff like this, seed time and harvest, okay? Whether you want to say seed time, time to sow, is either seed or you could say it's seed, time, and harvest. It's a kingdom order that there has to be a planting, okay? We got to give it time for it to do what it does, germinate. And then when it comes up, we harvest it to bring it in. Order. Here's another order, uh, another way uh, to see order. Uh, if you humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, in due time, he will exalt you. Worldly order says, uh, the world's mindset is, man, I, I, I climb this ladder. I take myself up. Kingdom order says you take yourself down and God raises you up. Mm. Mm-hmm. Y'all with me? And so I think when we start talking about tithing, okay, one particular order or concept I think we overlook. And the Holy Ghost has been talking to me about this uh, all week. We've been wrestling with this thing. And so what we overlook is the concept of, listen, receiving, giving, and managing. Receiving, giving, and managing. That is the concept that we overlook. We receive from God, okay? We give to God and to others, okay? And then we manage what's left over. We manage what remains, okay? Y'all with me? Okay, hit them hearts, let me know you're there. Okay, okay, good. So, concept, receiving, giving, managing, okay? I want you to, when we approach everything, we got to approach it like that. Let me go a little bit deeper. I want to remind you of uh, this covenant that God has with us, okay? It started with uh, Abraham, or Abram, then Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all right? There's a, a covenant that he has with us, and it is called the Suzerain Covenant. The Suzerain Covenant, there are many different covenants, but this Suzerain Covenant is a covenant, listen, that says there is a greater and there is a lesser entering into a partnership or relationship. We are not equals. Okay? And so because of this covenant, God being the greater, we're being the lesser, there is a way that we should be approaching God's order. Okay? I do not really have points for you today. You got to get it where you fit in, but you can write this down. Write this down for me. I don't own anything. It all belongs to God. Mm. I don't own anything. 
It all belongs to God. Now, I'll admit that that's just not the easiest mindset to embrace in life because, you know, we're taught that we got to get, get, get. You know, you need to get your house and you need to get your car. You need to get your education and you need to get and you need to get and you need to get. But it's important for us to embrace this thought that um, I don't own nothing. I I don't know that that's going to be a thought that we reach for in our everyday lives knowingly. But can I say to you that the thought of I don't own nothing, he owns everything is a thought that we use is our, in our daily, day-to-day lives. It's not intentional in the way that I'm telling you, but we use it. How, Pastor? Here we go. You ready? Say you bought your child some French fries. <laughs> I can stop right there. You already got it. <laughs> you, you, you give them this medium order of fries. Listen, and once you give them their fries and they take them out the bag and they start eating them, you reach. You don't reach like this to say, I'm going to get one. You reach like this because you want a fry for every finger. So you you reach like this. And if they're toddlers, toddlers will say, mine. No. If they're older kids, they'll be like, But either way, you feel like, wait a minute. Remember, I gave those to you. You didn't use your money. You used my money. So the real is you don't own these fries. I do. But I'm giving them to you because you're hungry. Y'all ready? Let's go a little bit deeper. In supplying the need to our child, what we're saying to our child is, I recognize my responsibility in this relationship to supply you with the things that you need. Can I go further? Watch. But what we're doing when we give them the fries, we're also saying to them, I'm giving you the things that I'm giving you. And at the same time, listen, I'm giving you an opportunity to recognize your responsibility in this relationship. And that is to be grateful and respond in kind. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. So when you take three or four French fries from from your child and who got an attitude because you reached over there, you're saying, come on, I only took two. I only took three fries. You got a whole thing, right? Remember, you're saying to them, when I give it, I realize my responsibility in meeting your needs. But when I give it to you, I'm also giving you the opportunity to realize your responsibility in this relationship, and that is to be grateful and to respond in kind. Come on here. Somebody talk to me. What God has done for us is because he's God. It is because he is the greater that is in a covenant with the lesser. And he's teaching us that when I, I realize my responsibility to meet your needs such that I meet your needs before you even say them. Come on. 
But in meeting your needs, child of God, I'm saying to you, find the opportunity. Be aware of the opportunity of your relationship or, or your responsibility in the relationship so you can respond. How do I respond? I'm grateful. And as a result, I give back. Y'all with me? Woo. Uh-huh. So technically, you don't own the fries, child. Mm-hmm. So here, here's how the psalmist writes it. Psalm 24, 1 and 2 says this. The earth is the Lord's and its fullness. All right. I am not I'm not about to dissect this, but it is important for you to know. It is one thing for us to say the earth belongs to God. OK, that this this whole the cosmos. OK, belongs to God. But it goes on to say and everything in the earth. OK. The world. And everybody that dwells therein. Why? Because he founded it upon the seas. He made it all. He's established it upon the waters. Come on. He made it all and he supports it all. Okay, so then, listen, there's kingdom thinking that I receive, I give, okay, I manage. Did y'all write that down? Kingdom thinking says I receive, I give, I manage. Kingdom order makes me understand that I don't own nothing. Okay. So then when I do the mashup on them, okay, I'm gonna do the mashup on both of them. Here's the mashup. You ready? You can write this one down. I don't own I don't own anything. It all belongs to God. But I have a responsibility to respond to the covenantal kindness of God. I'm gonna say it again because I know you're typing or writing. Okay, here's the mashup, kingdom thinking, kingdom order. Okay, I don't own anything. It all belongs to God. Let me tell you something. When we get this, because listen, I'm preaching this because the Holy, Holy Spirit took me through and says, here's what I want you to say. Now, while he's telling me what to say to you, he's teaching me too, because I'm in no way saying to you that embracing the thought that I own nothing is as easy as I'm saying it. But I will say to you that it is necessary for you to get to it, because here's the deal. When I realize that I don't own anything, I know I didn't finish the sentence. I'm coming back. When I realize that I don't own anything, it makes me, number one, hold everything with a looser grip because it ain't mine to keep. Right. But it also takes me to the mindset that says I am more grateful. I am forever grateful because I realize that what I have, although it's not mine, it is through the grace and the covenantal kindness of God that anything comes my way. So I don't own anything. It all belongs to God. But I have a responsibility to respond to the covenantal kindness of God. And as a result, I tithe. I give. Look how y'all looking. Yeah, let's go deeper. You got your, you got your, uh, uh, 
I know right there that we was in snorkeling. We was snorkeling where you where your uh thing goes up where you still breathe out the water, you know, we're snorkeling. Now I need you to get your scuba gear because I want us to go deeper. Like all the way. You're gonna need some oxygen. <laughs> you ready? Let's take a little bit of a closer look at order. I want to drill down a little bit more. Kingdom thinking says I receive, I give, and I manage what's left, okay? Kingdom order says I don't own anything. It all belongs to God. But I want to go down and look at order in a closer way. Can we do that? There is an order that we must understand and we need to operate in, okay? Here it is, I'm gonna give it to you first, and then we're gonna go through the text of scriptures, pre-law. We're just gonna talk Genesis, and as I have read, Malachi, okay? The law starts in uh, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. <laughs> okay, Leviticus, Deuteronomy is in there, it's in, it's in the, uh, the Torah. But I want to deal pre-law and deal with Genesis because, listen, although, remember I told you, although the law was the schoolmaster, it was teaching a new group of people concepts and precepts that already existed before they became a people. Hey, listen, everybody, it's so, it's a lot going on here. God is really uh, teaching us and taking us deep. So I'm not going to be able to finish. And I told you that from the beginning. So um, let's pause right here. And I want to give you an opportunity if you're here and you want to give your life to Jesus. Now, God cares so much about us, y'all, that the text says that before the foundation of the world, the lamb was slain. That God cares so much about us that everything it took for us to have a relationship with him before he even made the world, he made us. And so you get an opportunity now to receive and be partakers of his love for us by submitting and committing your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, there's a, a number on the screen and it tells you where you need to text, the word you need to text. Would you take a moment and uh, take a look at that? And if you need to give your life to Christ, dial the number, text the number, and there's a team waiting for you. Also, if you're here and you need to give, uh, you'd like for Christ in the church to be your church home, the place where you need to uh, say that this is where I meet God, you can do that too. That information is in the screen, uh, right here at the bottom of the screen, where you need to text and the number you need to text. We want you to do that. We're waiting. It'll be an absolute honor to be your pastor and to walk with you on this faith journey. Listen, I want to dismiss you guys this morning and declare over you like we always do this blessing, that you are ambassadors of Christ that you leave this platform to seek and to save that which is lost. I declare in Jesus' name that everything your hands touch will prosper. And every place the soles of your feet shall tread upon, you shall possess. I declare that you're above only and not beneath. You're the head and not the tail. I declare that on your job, favor waits for you. You are not the problem, but the solution to the problem. I declare in Jesus' name that money comes to you, not just money, the wisdom to handle the money that comes your way, the wisdom to respond out of the supply. I declare in Jesus' name that your home is established in peace, 
that your single life is whole, healthy, and satisfied in the Lord Jesus Christ. That your married life is whole, healthy, and satisfied in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the blessings of the Lord be upon you. Wholeness, benefit, prosperity, and favor may be your portion both now and forever. Go in peace and the God of peace goes with you. Thanks for logging on today. Have an amazing week. I love you.